Hello, everyone. This is Rob Wolf from Loan Factory, and you're listening to the Loan Wolf Podcast. That's loan spelled L-O-A-N. The show that talks about mortgages, but we'll put some real estate talk into the mix. You can reach me by email at rob.wolf at loanfactory.com or call me on my cell at 727-366-5722. I'm not a bank, so I'm available after hours and on weekends. If you get my voicemail, please leave me a message and I'll return your call. I'm in the ABC business. Always be communicating. I'm a licensed loan officer in the sunshine state of Florida where I reside, Pennsylvania where I grew up, and the Rocky Mountain state of Colorado where I vacation every year. Loan Factory is licensed in 47 states, so let me know if you're in some other state and I can find you a fellow loan officer. This podcast is just me today, but I do have guests on other podcasts. Could be real estate agents, title companies, or any other person that might play a part in the mortgage process. So if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to become a guest on one of the shows, feel free to contact me. We'll work something out. I keep these podcasts under 30 minutes and I'll post them every Wednesday at 9 p.m. If you miss a podcast, you can find it at www.thelonewolfpodcast.com. Remember to spell loan, L-O-A-N, and also use Google Chrome as your search engine. Okay, let's get into the uh, subject matter here. Today, we're going to be talking about mobile, manufactured, and modular homes. Now, they've all got that catchphrase of mobile. I even see it with Zillow and Realtor.com and other search engines. They still call them mobile homes. But there is a difference when it comes to the lending uh, industry, and I'm going to go into that. Now, all three of these they are made in a factory-controlled environment and then taken out to some site. So let's talk about mobile homes first. They're the ones that started this off back in the 1900s. After World War II, they became very popular. You hook it up to the back of your car, truck, you go out someplace, you put some cinder blocks down as a foundation, and you're all set. Well, in 1974, they stopped making these. And the HUD Manufacturing Home Construction and Safety Standards, boy, that's a mouthful, they actually got with the manufacturers and said, we need to upgrade the quality of these mobile homes. We need, you know, plumbing and electrical systems, fire safety, energy efficiency, just better quality, the, the, the frame and, and what have you. We need to work on those. So... If there's anything you get out of this podcast, remember this date, June 15th, 1976, our bicentennial year. That's the year they became manufactured homes. So if you are doing a search engine and you see something that was built before 1976, you're not going to be able to get a loan. That's a mobile home. You're going to have to pay cash or maybe get a, uh, a personal loan from your bank, but you won't be able to get a mortgage. Okay, so that's when they became manufactured. Let me jump ahead and talk about modular because the bulk of this podcast, I'm going to talk about manufacturers. So let's jump ahead to, to modular. Modular homes, again, built in a factory setting. And again, they're just like manufactured homes. They go out to the job site. We've all been behind them on the highway, taking up a lane and a half, wide load. Okay, they're going out. The difference between a modular home and manufactured, modular is affixed, permanently affixed to the foundation. And some of the modular homes are actually 
they have a basement. So, and the quality is very good and you can get interest rates of these very competitive with 30 year fixed regular stick built homes. Okay, so um, really that's about the only difference between modular. Um, just keep that in mind, the, the, the permanently affixed to a foundation. Okay, so let's go back to the manufactured homes. So we've got June 15th, 1976. Keep in mind, there's, there's three types. There's single wide, double wide, and triple wide. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will do a double wide uh, and will do a single wide. But FHA and VA, they do not do single wides. Okay, so when you're when you're looking, uh, keep keep that in mind. Now, the FHA requirements uh, are very similar to that of a stick built home. You know, your credit score needs to be 580. Your DTI about 45 percent. The maximum loan amount is seven hundred twenty-six thousand two hundred, which honestly, I, I I've never seen a manufactured home <laughs> that expensive. Uh, and a down payment is still three and a half percent. Now for Fannie Mae, it's a six twenty credit score, fifty uh, percent DTI, so a little bit higher. Same loan amount, max seven hundred twenty-six thousand two hundred, five percent down. You need for this now. You can buy these as second homes. You would need a bigger down payment. Uh, FHA would be 15%. Now, Fannie Mae, you can get in with a 10% down payment of a second home. Freddie Mac would be 15%. Okay, so when you're shopping around, if you're looking for that second home, i.e. the snowbirds coming down to Florida in the wintertime, uh, try going for a Fannie Mae, and you might be able to get in with a lower down payment. Then VA, um, you know, it's 580 uh, minimum credit score. Now, your DTI fluctuates a little bit. If your credit score is under 640, um, the DTI, you're going to be around 45%. But if you're above that 640, you might be able to push the DTI to 50%. Same uh, loan limit of 726200 And, you know, you could qualify for the no down payment with the VA. Okay, so... A couple things I want to talk about with the manufactured homes uh, that might be a little surprising to you. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast, because, you know, down here in Florida, I think everyone knows there's a lot of manufactured homes down here. And my experience is when people come to me, there's a lot of surprises of, of what comes up. So I thought this podcast would be very good so that we we clear the deck so you know what's, what's coming ahead of you. So... Uh, you know, some of these are, I, I think, self-explanatory, but we'll go over it anyway. They cannot be in a flood zone. Uh, you know, even if they're on stilts, no, it, it can't be in a flood zone. And you can't have polybutylene pipe. That would be a no-go uh, with with these manufactured homes. And there is a minimum square footage of 600 square feet if it's a double wide. Now, this one I've yet to figure out. If it's an FHA loan the minimum square footage is 400. However, they don't allow single wides. It's a double wide. So I've yet to see a double wide only uh, less than 400 square feet. So go figure that one out. But for those realtors out there listening, I got actually caught up in one of these before. Check with the lender. I'm a broker, so I have multiple lenders that I can get uh, the best uh, rates from for my borrowers. However, I ran into this a few years back 
that there was a manufactured home. It was an FHA, and I believe it was 950 square feet, and the lender would not fund it because they had an in-house rule of anything under 1,000 or 1,100, whatever that number was, they wouldn't fund it. So I had to scramble and find some other lender that would that would fund the loan. So just to keep that in the back of your mind, uh, the square footage, even though it might be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or FHA compliant, each lender might have its own little you know quirks to it. Okay, so let's talk about some inspections, and these inspections are different or additional than buying a traditional stick figure home or condominium or townhouse. And these, I have to be honest, some of these are pricey and they can keep the homeowner away from looking at manufactured homes. So the first one is the big one. It's an engineering certification. And really what this is, is you have to get a certified engineer to inspect the manufactured home to make sure it's on a good foundation and the tie-down straps are secure and up to code because we have a thing called hurricanes down here in Florida and the codes change fairly frequently and the engineer has to go out not only inspect them to make sure that they are good I can tell you if they are steel straps they'll have to get replaced because steel will rust if it's aluminum okay that's it and if it's been 10 plus years since they were inspected, I can almost assure you that they have to be adjusted. Someone's going to have to go out and either add more straps or crisscross them or whatever it may be to the latest code. And also the foundation. Is it on you know pillar foundation? Whatever it may be, that has to be up to code as well. Now, this inspection could range anywhere from $200 up to $1,200. Now, most of the time I've seen these are around the five or 600 range, but you know, keep that in mind because this is an upfront cost that you, the buyer, has to pay. Now, let's walk it down to if this engineer comes up with a finding that's out of code, I would highly, highly recommend you do not pay for this. And it is pretty much expected that the seller does need to get this repair done. And if the seller holds his ground or her ground and say, no, this is as is, personally, I would walk away from it. Reason being is, if you make that repair and something else comes up through an inspection or just for some reason you don't get to the finish line and close on this, you just paid for that seller's inspection. And you know, fixing tie-down straps or fixing a foundation, that could be a costly repair. Okay, the other repair, not a repair, inspection is IBTS, Institute for Building Technology and Safety. This is basically the faceplate, boilerplate, serial number, whatever you want to call it. The processor orders this and the appraiser is looking for this. And check with your listing agent, the listing, the homeowner. Somebody needs to know where this is so they can tell the appraiser it's at this section of the house, it's inside this panel. Because what they need to do is if it's a double Y, triple Y, basically that faceplate is 
showing the manufacturer date that it is up to HUD standards. And more importantly, if it is a double or triple wide, that they are from the same, quote, mold or same assembly run, not mixed and matched modulars put together. Okay, so keep that in mind. And if you're out in the country and you have a well and or septic system, that water is going to have to get tested. So someone else has to come out, draw the water, take it to a lab, have it tested, and make sure that that's okay. And again, if this is not good, I would have the seller, you know, make that repair. So if we follow what I've been talking about these inspections, we've probably eaten up about $1,500 to $2,000 up front before you even had the manufactured home inspected. And we've also eaten up time, meaning probably about two weeks. So my recommendation when you are working with your real estate agent, I would not go for a 30-day close. I would go for a 45-day close because I've yet to close in 30 days on a manufactured home. Now, the other thing is, just to look, keep this in mind, when you have a lock date or a closing date further than 30 days, your interest rate will be higher. The lender is locking you in for a longer period of time, so you have to pay for that time. Now, it could be an eighth of a point on interest, or it just might be you pay a couple hundred dollars extra to keep that interest rate. But keep that in mind when you go more than a 30-day close. And the other part you need to keep in mind is manufactured homes depreciate much more than a traditional stick figure home. In that case, your interest rate will be a little bit higher. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, I think I've covered all those. Oh, there is one other thing. If you've got, obviously you've got a manufactured home. If it's been moved, you won't be able to get a loan. Okay, so even though it is movable, lenders, very, very difficult to find. If you know this has been moved, um, I would probably shy away from it. Just make sure that's the original uh, location uh, that the manufactured home was put on. Okay, so... Hopefully, uh, this gives you a good education of manufactured homes. I really just wanted to kind of throw it out there as far as um, there are checks and balances, inspections, uh, and upfront fees that you're going to have to pay uh, to get a manufactured home. Mobile homes, uh, you really can't get a loan for them. For them. You're going to have to pay cash or a personal loan. And modular homes, uh, just as solid as stick-built homes, and their interest rates reflect that because they're as competitive as stick-built homes. Okay, so again, this is uh, Rob Wolf, and this is the Lone Wolf Podcast, Lone, L-O-A-N. And feel free to reach me at 727-366-5722, or you can hit me up with an email, rob.wolf at loanfactory.com. All right, folks, have a great night, and I wish you well. And I kept it under, well under the 30-minute ticker time. Okay, have a great night, folks.